I'm going to give you the whole load today. Interview with Dick Pound, who is the longest standing member. He makes a fist around the nuts. You're listening to the Smashcast, the sexiest podcast in the universe, with DC Girl and Bishop on the No Agenda Podcast Network. If you like to ball all day long in the morning and the night, that means you like to screw and you like to fuck. <laughs> hey, Bishop, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. It's always good to have uh, Steve Pachanik. <laughs> yeah, can um, we get him on the podcast? We need to ask Adam. I, yeah, yeah, we we could ask him. I think uh, you, I think you have to go through his handler though, because if you ever watch his stuff on YouTube, there's somebody who's like hitting play <laughs> for him. We have the guy that wife. runs in and out of the scene. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, we'll have to we'll have to talk to that person. So, you want to start with some news? Let's do it. All right. Can you believe it? Justin Bieber, 26, is opening up about things in his past he wishes he could change. During the latest episode of the singer's Facebook series with his wife, Haley Baldwin. All right, Haley Baldwin, uh, Smashable? Have you seen her? I have her? no idea who that all is. Right. is. Maybe is you, need she, to look up, you need to look up Haley Baldwin while I read the rest of the story, and then you can tell is me. She, if is she a Baldwin daughter? I guess. <laughs> I'm not really sure. All right, Google Haley Baldwin. All right, so during the latest episode of the singer's Facebook series with, Haley, with wife Haley Baldwin, uh, one fan asked the couple any regrets they have. Uh, Justin Bieber said, if I could go back and not have to face some of the bad hurt that I went through, I probably would have saved myself for marriage. I know it sounds crazy. Sex can be kind of confusing when you're being sexually active with anybody. Haley Baldwin, age 23, said she understood Bieber's perspective, but she didn't hold the same regrets because she's not a fucking liar. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, so, maybe, okay. I, maybe I ad-libbed a little bit there. <laughs> I mean, I, that, that sounds pretty legit. Um, what, legit that he regrets it or legit that he's a fucking liar? Yeah, that. The, yeah. the latter, not the former. Right. I did look her up, actually, and uh, all I'll say about her is she looks like a low-budget Sofia Vergara. Really? Okay. Yeah, I don't. I'm just not really a fan. I don't, I don't like the look. It's just a little right. overdone. Well, I'll say Justin Bieber totally smashable, even though he's 26, and I feel really dirty saying that. I get over it. So, my question to you, Bishop, is he is he full of shit? Is this is this a uh, uh, rose colored glasses looking in the rearview mirror? I th I think this is just an attempt to get in front of the uh, the media, just get out there, get his name out there, say yeah. something controversial, or I guess in this case. Um, not really controversial, but, but attention grabbing. Okay. So then my second question for you is, do you know the day that you lost your virginity? I know it was a good Friday because I remember it being a great Friday. <laughs> but you don't know the date? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, it was a good Friday. It's like I can probably trace it back. It was... Like like an actual Good Friday, like a Good Friday, yeah. like before Easter, like yes, some Good yeah. Friday. Okay. Yes. Yeah, All right. Yeah. All right. D yeah, how about you? December 9th, nineteen ninety six. Oh on. wow, you're like. <laughs> is it weird that I know that? Is that is that strange? Uh, I mean, did, did you look it up, or is it like burned no. in your mind? Burned, burned, burned in my mind. <laughs> Was it a positive experience, a negative experience, or is that a different podcast? Yeah, that's probably that's a uh, probably a totally different episode. But it was uh, it was a weird experience. But we should totally do that. That would be a great topic. Uh, yeah, first, let's do it. Because that was a yeah. Okay, all right. So, 
All right, so let's get into the today's topic, which is uh, rope bondage or uh, shibari, shibori. Sh- it, it, well, it could be, it could be shibari, but it's not it necessarily. Okay. All right. So we we put out we put out for questions. We got a bunch of questions on rope bondage, and since you um, are the expert here, I'm, I'll be doing the I'll be doing the Q and A. But I want to start with a little uh, little survey that I I did a little research. <laughs> So, um, according to Durex, so Durex did, in 2005, uh, Durex uh, uh, condom company did a global sex survey. Uh, This is the latest one I could find. And they asked people um, if they had used masks, blindfolds, or other forms of bondage. I don't know if you necessarily, we'll get there, I don't know if you'll necessarily agree that masks and blindfolds are a form of bondage, but they did ask, and they found that 20% globally had used um, some sort of bondage in the bedroom. Um, Canada, do you want to guess? Do you want to guess the percentage in Canada? Uh, Come depends. on. Depends. Uh, I'm going to guess it's probably a little bit more than that, maybe like 40. 33. <laughs> the magic number. <laughs> the magic number. And then um, United States, 36%, and foam finger number one, the United Kingdom with 37%. So this is not, uh, this is not, this is not strange. This is not. Uh, no, it's practically mainstream because you know that practically. the numbers are basically double that. And if we're counting like COVID, it's even more. <laughs> you know, it's really funny. So when I went to Durex's website to download that study, uh, they actually had a banner on the top of their website saying that orders <laughs> orders were delayed for 14 days. <laughs> so yeah, we know everybody's getting it on. All right. So um you want me to jump into the questions and we'll we'll get started? Yeah, yeah, get, let's let's do it. Get your expertise. All right. So I guess the first question is, how did you? Well, I mean, I'll start with my first question: is how did you get into bondage, rope bondage? That's 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 a good question. Um, it's a really interesting story, actually. Uh, I was dating someone at the time, um, and somebody that I worked with actually posted a picture. Uh, on Instagram of her being tied, but fully clothed. Um, and my then partner was shoulder surfing while I was on Instagram, kind of freaked out about it. And she's like, who's that? Why do you have that person on your feet, on your Instagram? And she was like freaking out. And I said, I don't know, it's just somebody I work with. I wasn't expecting her to post that. Um, and then that relationship went like violently south. Uh, and then I thought that actually looked really cool. And I uh, did some research and I found a place in Toronto that, uh, uh, it's basically like a school and a rope space, and uh, I've been want to go check it out, and I've been doing it ever since. So, yeah. Wow. All there. right. We're gonna get back to the rope space thing. So, okay. So I I I, I don't know anything about this at all. So is this uh th- this this type of bondage? Is this um is it just ropes? Is there some impact involved? Is there masks? Is there other? Is there is it just just purely ropes? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a few different things. Um, so most people are like rope purists, I would say, or at least at the, the rope space are rope purists. Um, but some people incorporate impact. Uh, and then there's also a bunch of different clubs in the area that are uh, like positive play spaces that you can you can do anything at. Uh, so it really depends. Um, I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of all over the place. I like the, the experience of the rope, but uh, all the other stuff is fun too. So it just kind of depends on what mood a person and their partner are in. Hmm. Okay. So I've seen some of the pictures that you've shared <clears throat> and I've seen some pictures online and I did a little, a little research 
And I'm I'm sort of curious. Uh, uh, does the place are there pressure points or some sort of acupressure uh, type of thing involved with where you tie the ropes? Uh, I or think am I can. reading into it? <laughs> no, no, I think there, there can be. I'm not too sure about that. There is a style that does do that sort of thing. More than anything else, you're really trying to watch out for uh, sensitive areas that are uh, where there's nerve bundles that could create other issues. So there, there's a risk of injury depending on uh, areas that you put pressure on. So you have to be really careful to sort of tie around those areas to not cause any permanent or semi-permanent damage. Interesting. So this is, this is like a high skill kind of thing. I, I like high skill kind of activities. It, so this, yeah, it, it definitely can be. If you're, if you're getting really intense about it, it definitely can be. Okay. All right. So what was your, what was your first official time like? Uh, it was, it was very interesting. Um, I kind of, um, there's sort of two types, there are not two types, two elements of it whenever you're doing it. Uh, one is the sort of the skill element. So, you know, just knowing the right thing to do and where sort of the pattern, right? Uh, the other half of it is more of the the attitude behind it. And it's, um, sorry, it's uh, it's commonly said that like you're supposed to be tying people, not packages, right? So um, there's a whole uh, experience that goes with it. And I think I got the experience part down from the very beginning, which is kind of something I was into and just naturally gravitated to uh the technique definitely uh you always start at the beginning and it's it's not easy but as you sort of work your way through you start to get it so okay so i think i i think we'll uh we'll, we'll get to a question about what the entire experience is like but it, you sort of alluded to the the, the tying experience so uh an entire rope bondage uh, session or scene or whatever that is called, uh, what percentage of the time is actually spent doing the tying? Uh, it really depends. So you could spend as much or as little time <laughs> as you'd like. I, I like to spend more time than not. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a good question. How much time? I mean, is this part, like, is, is this part of the, the, is the tying process a key part of the, uh, the experience? Definitely, for you yeah. or the partner yeah. i mean yeah I, th I think it definitely is yeah um okay. i think it can lead to other things but i think but i think it's definitely one of the sort of main features like i think it, doing it in itself is is already interesting and exciting um and you may may do like multiple things so you might transition from one time to another so there's, there's it's almost like a almost like a dance where one partner is completely led by the other so it's, a, it's like an art form right absolutely yeah absolutely Right. So there's lots of, um, and, uh, there's lots of activities, uh, where, where you kind of put your own artistic flair onto them. Right. So this is, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. probably everybody's, one of those. Everybody's definitely got their own style. Some people are rougher. Some people are more playful. Uh, some people are, you know, they like to tease their partner and vice versa. Like the bottoms do the same thing. So some are very cooperative. Some are very feisty. So oh. it just sort of depends. All right, so let's talk about this whole, whole notion of the, the rope bottom, because I've heard you use this, this phrase before. T talk to me a little bit about what it means to be a rope bottom, how you find a rope bottom, what your, um, what your uh, normal relationship is with, with a rope bottom. Is it like a friend, a friend with benefits, just a rope enthusiast? Like, give me a little bit on the rope bottom. Yeah, the best I can say is there is no norm or normal. Um, sort of tied people that are... are uh, people I was dating at the time or friends with benefits and that sort of stuff. Um, I'm dating somebody right now. She's really into it. Uh, she didn't really know she was into it until she tried it. So um, yeah, it's, it's really, it's interesting. You can, you'd be surprised at how many people are interested in trying it for sure. And uh, yeah, it could be any of the above really. 
So do you ever have just like a platonic relationship with a rope bottom that you just practice on or is it always I sexual? Do. No, you no, do? no, I do. I, yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, there's somebody, well, not during COVID, but before COVID, that that was the case. And, uh, and then I met somebody I was actually interested in dating. So um, yeah, I still, I still probably will tie that other person. Uh, oh really? My partner's cool with it. Yeah. My current partner said she's cool with it as long as she's there and you know, she trusts me. So yeah. Okay. So, so I guess that, so I guess that begs the question. Um, is this always sexual? Like when, when, when do you do it? Like, what, like where does the sex part come in? Does it always come in or is this just its own thing? Yeah, no, it definitely doesn't always come in. Interesting. Um, it, it can. Uh, some people just enjoy the experience that way, but without, um, without it leading to, to sex or anything. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to. I think people. So the some, end some goal, people, like the end goal, is not intercourse. No, not always. Absolutely not. I mean, it, it usually is, and in some places you can't because you know if, right. if you're in a if you're in a rope space that doesn't allow that sort of thing, uh, you can't. But um, but yeah, in a lot of cases it does, and in some cases it doesn't. Some people just like the uh, the experience of you know of it's kind of meditated meditative for both people. So. All right. So talk to me about this rope space, because like I'm thinking like I'm like a, you know, a fairly normie individual and I'm thinking, you know, rope bondage, you're tying me to the, the bedpost or you're, you know, tying me to myself and we're, and we're at home. But now you're talking, you're talking about this notion of a uh, rope space. So give me a little, um, what's the rope space like? Are you hanging from the ceiling? Is this like aerial yoga? Like what, what am I doing in yeah, a rope yeah, space? Actually, me, air, yeah. Aerial yoga is probably the best uh, correlate or like a yoga okay. studio. I tried yes. to explain it to someone and, and they didn't quite believe until they With got beams there, on the ceilings where you could like. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. It, it, I've been to a couple of different ones. So mm -hmm. some of them were more like industrial. Some of them were um, more like a, a home that had a space set up and some of them were uh, like very traditional looking. So like a lot of, uh, a lot of wooden posts, like oh, that were kind of, yeah, all set up in sort of like a, I don't know, just kind of like a, the hanging space. I don't know. Have you ever done a TRX workout? <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like that. Actually, it's a lot right. like that. <laughs> so my gym is has a, a studio for for that. So there's lots of beams in the ceiling, and yeah, so I'd imagine it. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm, you I'm down. That or, or or if you get one of those really big uh, squat racks or those power racks, you can yes. probably use one of those too. Yep. Yes, I have. So so you um okay. So you go to this rope space, and um uh, do you other other people there? Is it a shared uh, area? Is it private? There, yeah, no, it's, it's a shared space. So like it's kind of like a yoga studio. Um, most of the nights they do classes. Uh, oh, Friday okay. nights they do. It's like an open uh intro, and then okay. after it's an open space for everyone who wants to be there. So cool. It's kind of okay. Self regulating. Yeah, it's really really chill, and then everybody's super friendly. I don't I don't think I've been to a place where I've met more, more friendly people. Interesting. Well, I don't know. I've been to hacker spaces where everybody's really friendly. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Same idea. Yeah. Yeah. Same idea. You go in, there's open, there's like open hours where you can kind of do whatever Pro you want. Probably in the same part of town too, like sort probably. of a more industrial same, area. Same, same people. <laughs> You'd be surprised. People. But yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of dudes named Ben and Judith named Ben in my space. So. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be surprised. <laughs> um, uh, do men get tied up? Um, do. Um, I personally haven't. Um, no? You've never tied been tied. No, you've never. Have you ever wanted to be tied up? Not really. No, it doesn't really. It's not something I'm not something I'm into having done to me, I guess. I like okay. being in control. So. All right. So, yeah. Talk to me about the whole, um, 
yeah, get, 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 let's, let's get like deeper into the relationship between, so is there some sort of like, is it, is there like this Dom sub relationship or am I like equating things that don't belong yeah, together? Yeah, there definitely can be. And I mean, even when it's, when it's, when it doesn't turn sexual, um, okay. that, that, that element could be there and that could be part of what both people get from it. Um, but, um, yeah, you, usually there is, uh, sometimes, uh, the relationship is actually flipped, which is, I've, I've seen once, which was really interesting, um, where the, the top was a service top as opposed to more of a, a dominant. So that was kind of <coughs> a interesting. service top. Tell me, t- talk, talk to yeah, me. So they, <laughs> what is service they, top? <laughs> they were taking orders from the person that was being tied. So that, that was kind of interesting. So I've uh, so I've heard um, in um, uh, uh, sub dom relationships that um, you know it's a total myth that the that the way you are in real life kind of reflects the way you are in in, in like a sub dom relationship. So that you might be a dominant or a strong person in real life, but then you be the sub in your relationships. Did you find that kind of a correlation? I mean, is there? I would say there's like no correlation at all. It can really go either way. Really, Um, some people like the escape and the change, and some people are just uh that's the way they are all the time so um yeah it goes both ways for for doms and subs for sure okay all right cool cool all right so talk to me let's talk about uh boundaries and limits and and what kind of conversation you have with your rope bottom since you're would you call yourself a rope top like what is your what do you call yourself yeah yeah it's either rope top top or or rigor is the other word for it rigor rigor yeah, the only thing is that that can get kind of complicated when you're talking and okay. mispronounced. So, so the rope top, um, what kind of conversations does the rope top and the rope bottom have about limitations, about what's uh, okay, about safe words, is safe words really a thing? Let's yeah. talk, talk to me about the negotiation. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean first things first is go over any injuries, uh, any sort of things that will trigger the person, things you need to know. Uh, cover all that off in the beginning. Um, and then sort of work your way from there. It's just constant communication. Right? So if I say something like, I don't like to have my eyes covered, I don't like to have my mouth covered, I don't like to have my neck touched or whatever, like there's, there's this kind of negotiation up front. Exactly. Exactly. There's a lot of upfront and then, uh, yeah, all the way throughout too. Right. So uh, some people like to really have like strict boundaries. Um, I'm more of the, we'll set some general guidelines, some obvious, yeah, this is a definite no, this is a definite yeah. And then there's a bit of gray space that we can sort of talk our way through. Um, I don't, I don't mind breaking character. So like, you know, the whole, the fourth wall thing where sometimes, you know, characters talk at the audience. Right. I don't, I don't don't mind doing that. Some people do. Some people don't like coming out of character. Um, But I think that's part of the fun for me and part of the, part of my character. So. So you do feel like you're in character when you're doing this? I wouldn't say in character, but like. In role, you're in a role. Yeah, definitely a role. role. Exactly. But I think some people try to assume like a very defined role. Whereas I kind of like the loosey goosey sort of space where it's not, it's not really well defined, but it's, it's, and I, th- I think that leaves room for surprise. I like, I like the element of surprise. So that's always fun. And I like to sort of tease and taunt the person, but, but do it in a way that's like fun and not, uh, not mean. I'm not really a mean person. So. Okay. <laughs> we'll take your word for it. <laughs> um, so do you have a safe word? Is there such thing as a safe word? Is that a myth? No, no, it, it exists. Uh, usually, so in my cases, I don't because I, I tell them to be honest, right? If you say stop, I'll um, stop. There's, there's, 
Yeah, exactly. Like that's the one word that, that will definitely get me to stop. Right. Um, but, in, but I have seen some cases where that, that is the case and I've heard people like yell and scream whale, but they didn't say the safe word. So play kept going. Maybe some people want, want to yell and scream and whale, I guess. Yeah. I think it's part of the experience for both of them too. Right. Like I think, I think some, it just, just as the doms play certain roles, subs play certain roles. So they like to, um, that's part of the experience for them is the, is the yelling, the screaming, the, 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 outward expression of pain and all that sort of stuff. So, or discomfort. Okay. So how do you, um, uh, how do you normally introduce uh, this with a partner or, uh, oh, I, I guess the better question is, um, is this something that you engage with, with all of your relationships or is this something that you sort of have like as a side interest and your, your so, primary relationship might not, might not have to be part of it? Yeah. Good question. Um, so Currently, I've kind of just decided it's sort of table stakes for me. Um, ever since pretty much I started, I said, you know, this is something I'm into and something I want to make sure that my partner's always into. Um, but before then, I mean, before I had any really formal training, I'm sure I'm sure you've probably experiment, experimented too, but uh, I think a lot of people do. Um, and I've, I've just never really heard anybody say that they weren't willing to at least try it. So, um, yeah, if anybody's worried about asking or how to ask, it's really not that hard. Just ask. Yeah, no, I've, I've definitely, uh, well, maybe not with the rope stuff, but definitely with uh, bondage for sure. And uh, yeah, 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 I think, well, I mean, I'm, 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 in, I'm in the 36% here, uh, but yeah, nothing uh, as complicated as the stuff that you're talking about, which, 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 you know, seems to have a whole art form behind it. So oh, yeah, sure. uh, are you into other types of bondage? Yeah, I mean, I'm into a lot of different things. Um, ropes, I think the most fun. Okay. Uh, mainly because uh, I think there's something very meditative about it. Like I like to do a lot of things with my hands. Okay. Um, I, I didn't get into a career that was sort of like a trade, but I kind of wish I did because I'm, I'm really good with my hands and I like like doing a lot of different stuff. And I, I find it really rewarding as opposed to like a lot of the more. It's sort uh, of a creative. It sounds like it's a creative yeah. outlet for you. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And uh, so that, that does take up most of the time, but other things like impact also get involved. And those are a lot of fun. And uh, well, even with that, I, I make a lot of my own stuff. So um Oh, you do. Okay. Well, we're going to get into the materials in a second, but let me, let me get to the, the, the question that's sort of burnt, burn, burning in my mind uh, is like, uh, when do you do it? Like, do you always do it? Do you always have sex during these encounters? Like, or like, when is the, when is the time? Is that yeah. the, like you said, it's not always the, um, that's not always the end game. It's not always the prize at the, but so when do you do it? Um, still tied things, up during the process like what, it, what is it what's the deal? It definitely can be it just sort of it's kind of what the vibes like i think that's why i also don't like those like really clear definitions of like what's going to happen over the next half hour while i go through this and it's like no i just kind of like to let things sort of flow the way they do um and then if both people are in the mood and aroused and ready to go then we go so, and if so not, it can then, happen yeah. anytime during the process this is not like i tie you up and then we do it kind of thing absolutely yeah, yeah. i mean you can even do it before and then <laughs> use that as a break okay okay interesting or a bridge um, to, to the next round <laughs> right intermission <laughs> okay so i'm gonna um ask a couple of questions that we got from nick the rat who sent in a quite a few questions um nick the rat wants to know is there a certain type of rope you should use or or would yarn all work <laughs> very good question um there's a, there's a few different those answers kind of Layered. 550 cable um, what is it 
Paracord? Uh, well, you could paracord, actually. Yeah. You, you could yeah. use paracord. Um, so it depends. Uh, if you're doing floor work and Wait, you're floor not... work? Okay, so the floor work versus what? Hanging from the... Yeah, versus suspension. Yeah, exactly. Okay, we'll have to go. Yeah. We'll go into that after this. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah, of course. Um, with floor work, you can kind of use anything um, because basically, there's there's not going to be any extra force on the rope that'll sort of tighten it. Um, right. Got so it. You, you can kind of use anything. Um, most people like to use. It, it's better to use something a little thicker, a little meatier than just yarn okay. or even paracord, because uh, because okay. if you tie really tightly, um, that puts a lot of pressure in one spot as opposed sure. to. Anything like six to eight millimeters and up in terms of thickness is really good. So I think that's a quarter of an inch for all the Americans. Okay. So, okay. So talk to me about floor work versus other type of work. Yeah, actually, well, one more thing too. I'll go back to the, the materials for a second. Okay, sure. Um, if, you're, if you're doing uh, sort of more Western style, you'll probably use nylon. Uh, some people use jute or hemp, but most people use nylon. It's easier to get. It's cheaper. You can get it like Home Depot and stuff like that. Uh, if you're doing more Japanese style, you'd go with a more traditional like hemp and jute. Um, some people don't, but most people do. Um, hmm. And then it comes in a lot of different colors and stuff too. So you can take your pick. Okay. All right. So what's the difference between floor work versus hanging, hanging from the ceiling? <laughs> yeah. I mean, floor work is kind of the prerequisite for, for any sort of suspension, but really, um, so you yeah. start with that. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's hard to start suspended, right? So you gotta, you gotta, you got to at least tie some sort of harness or, or get something on the person so that you can sort of distribute the load uh, without hurting them, well, at least not hurting them too much. Um, and then, so yeah, you, you can do some floor work. You can just do some stuff that's, that's kind of decorative and more like macrame and just kind of fun to do. And it's like less about the restraint. Um, but then, yeah, you can move into something like, uh, like suspension after you sort of get like a good harness on. So you can do like a chest harness or a hip harness or um, there's all sorts of other things you can use as like sort of points to, to, to raise from. You just gotta be really cognizant, like I said, of, um, of sort of the nerf bundles and making sure you're not putting too much pressure there. Uh, Cause that can create uh, like loss of feeling or even just loss of uh, ability to move certain body parts. So um, is the um, person naked? <laughs> I know. They I, I, these might, these might yeah. sound like really stupid questions, but I, I have no, no uh, frame not. of reference uh, for this. So like, is the yeah, person often naked or like just scantily clad? So, yeah, I have sensitive cases. skin, so I'm like going to be wearing like a full dry suit because like I've got really sensitive skin. But like, uh, yeah. you know, is a normal person wearing just laundry? Uh, well, a lot what of people you, just you, use yoga you, gear. So. Oh, yoga gear. This is yeah. very much like yoga. Everything you're telling me, this the yeah. starting on the oh, floor and yoga. then moving to suspension. It's very yoga. So Absolutely. what are you, what are you wearing? Uh, I have these really comfy pajama pants. They're like <laughs> micro model. They're super, super comfortable. And I have a matching like V-neck t-shirt that I usually wear. V-neck? Okay. Yeah. It's, yeah. Right. It, it gives you more mobility, more space. It breathes okay. better. Yeah. <laughs> And, and the fabric is wicking. I, I get it. Okay. Yeah, it's sort of like a yeah. It's 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 wicking and it's like extremely light. Like it's it's so okay. soft. Okay. Do you uh, do you have a different name when you're assuming this role, or is this uh, just? I I do I do, but I won't share. You it here. do? Oh my god! No, you don't have to share it. But that's that. So is that norm? Is that a, a, a common thing for for a, a, a rope top or or bottom to have a, a name for uh, the persona when they're doing this? Yeah, yeah, and that, and that whole end of the world, there's people with all sorts of other, uh, like, in-community personalities. 
Really? Okay. So speaking of that, I'm going to, I'm going to jump to, so I was doing a little research on, you know, um, BDSM just, uh, you know, in general at a high level. Um, I'm not sure if this counts as BDSM, but I was doing a little research and I found that um, in 2002, the Washington Post read an article that said that Jack McGeorge, who was a munitions analyst for the United Nations, was also a leader in my local <laughs> Washington DC BDSM community. Uh, oh, wow. Following this, re- yeah, following this revelation, several commentators on news sources compared his BDSM activities to the torture techniques used by Saddam Hussein. Um, compared a lot to of pe- how, though? I'm not sure, but a lot of people compared this, brought this up and and compared this discrimination of BDSM practitioners with the common uh, discrimination of homosexuals in the past. So do you find that the the, the rope bondage, BDSM sort of community is discriminated against? I haven't seen it yet, but I also haven't really uh, incorporated it into my everyday life either. So some people are a lot more open about it. I just kind of like, it's something I do. Okay, own. so that's a question I had is uh, how open are you about this hobby to your friends, family, and coworkers? Depends on who it is. Mostly okay. there's, a, there's a few friends that know, but mm-hmm. not too, too many. And that's pretty much it. Okay, okay. All right. And so the, I have a- on the one coworker that, that actually had that picture up. And right. I actually <laughs> saw her at an event after, which was kind of funny. Did you talk? Yeah, actually, she came running up to me and she's like, I fucking knew it. I knew it. I knew you'd be into this sort of thing. <laughs> okay, so there's obviously a little uh, a tell. <laughs> All right. So. I have a couple other questions that Nick the Rat sent in. Uh, who invented bondage? Was it just a hostage victim that realized they got really turned on? Or was it just like a bored artist? <laughs> yeah, you know what? There's I, I, I've done a bit of research and mm-hmm. there's a lot of inconsistent stories. Uh, the general story that most people tell or hear is it had a lot to do with, uh, well, at least the Japanese style had to do with the fact they didn't have a lot of metal. Okay. Uh, so they used, they used to like learn these techniques to be able to uh, tie up prisoners. Okay. And then I guess people got creative. Um, then I've heard similar stories about, you know, the Wild West and cowboys and rope being a thing there as well. I think it's just kind of one of those natural things that sort of, I mean, I think a lot of things sort of just evolve into like, how do we use this for sex? And I think rope is another one of them. So yeah. E-commerce ropes. So um, how did you learn that the knot tying and, and where, where's a good place to learn this? If people are interested, uh, you know, how, how did you learn? Was it, was it YouTube? Was it classes? There are good YouTube resources. Um, I think the best place though is really in person with somebody. So uh, I know most cities have a dedicated rope space. Um, okay. At least most major cities. Look so up I your rope space, people. Yeah, Look, Google exactly. your rope space. <laughs> there's uh, there used to be two good ones in Montreal. Now there's only one. Um, mm-hmm. And I know there's some scattered throughout the states. I think New York has three or four of them. Chicago has some. Like a lot of the big cities will have a space. So oh, okay. uh, definitely look into that. You'll, you'll learn a lot more in person uh, than you'll ever learn from videos just because there's other important things that are hard to translate, like things like the type of tension and uh, that's sure. sort of like the amount of tension that you have. Like you can learn the, the knot pattern. Uh, the other two is like the styles that I do, uh, they use a lot less knots and they use a lot more frictions. So you never actually tie the rope in a knot. It's really, um, the, the rope sort of holds itself in place. Um, so yeah. Um, is untying part of the whole thing or is it just the tying up? It, it definitely can be. Uh, I think there are some people that really make that part of, part of their style. Um, 
uh, it sort of depends. It depends on the mood. I think. I think at that point, uh, the people hmm. that I play with, we just both kind of get exhausted at that point. We just want to <laughs> tear the ropes off as soon as we can. But some people right. really make a presentation out of it for sure. Um, so can people orgasm just from bondage, or is this just like a mental thing? I have seen it actually. It was really? interesting. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's yeah. It's totally a mental thing. Like it's um, it's definitely something that that can happen. Not often, I don't think. Um, the other thing too is is once somebody is tied and even if they're suspended, there's there's lots of other things you can do to them too. So um, yeah, there's I've seen Got people it. get off on a lot of things, even just being spanked. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, so is it, is it always rope, or do you ever use other materials? Uh, yeah, usually rope, um, but I have done a lot of impact as well. So I've, I've actually, but not saran wrap or packing tape or gaffer's tape or duct tape or. I mean, I gaffer's know. tape would be a good idea. I just discovered the greatness that that is gaffer's tape. I know. JCD, I, but, um, I heard. <laughs> but uh, I've tried it before. It, it's just it's a lot harder to manage. Okay. Um, sure. And it's yeah, and there's there's a lot less you can do with it. Like it's really just tying them up and and that's it. But I think with rope, it's kind of a bit of a of a dance and it's kind of kind of fun and meditative and yeah interesting all right so any is there anything else you want to talk to us about uh rope bondage or any other questions you want me to ask you um, like you have any tips for like the noobs that um might want to like d dip their toe into the bondage pond if we we're going to talk about things for noobs yeah i think like i said definitely get into a local rope space try it out um okay. the other thing i'll say is uh yeah, start off with cheap rope. You don't have to buy anything really expensive. You can actually like get some pretty expensive rope that's really nice and fun to use, but um, definitely takes some care. And uh, oh, interesting. Okay. It's yeah, it's really easy. You'd be surprised at what you can get at the dollar store. I bought some really cheap. It's like three fifty for a spool of I think it's about eighty meters of rope that was about four millimeters. So it's a little thinner than usually use okay um, good for practice but was, though but really great for practice yeah i always okay. tell people like if i meet people and we're talking about it uh, i say yeah just go to the dollar store get that rope it's 350 it'll give you three strands that'll or three uh three lengths that you can use to start doing a harness hmm. okay um and then you can get into like slightly more expensive rope um yeah and, and, and have fun most importantly i think that's the most important thing some people really <laughs> kind of dive into it and they're they're really doing the technical stuff or uh, you know, they get sort of frustrated if like they can't get the pattern right, sure. or that sort of stuff. And just like have fun. Yeah, you know, the whole point is to have fun. It's not to not to actually do the thing. It's it's the fun that the thing brings. Good. Uh, yeah, that's good. Good words of wisdom. Are are there any bondage game? Well, you know, I actually somebody did send us a link to a bondage um, game for the uh, Nintendo Switch, but it actually doesn't. I think it came out yesterday. I haven't, I haven't had a chance. I don't yeah, I, I took a quick look at the link, but I didn't yeah. really get this. They didn't have any good preview shots. So yeah. uh, somebody has a switch and wants to record some of it for us. Yeah, that'd be, really be cool. that'd be interesting to see. It sounds like it's very meditative. Are there any, um, do the ropes ever have quick release methods? Oh yeah, that was a good question. That was one of the ones I wanted to cover. For that was sure. from Nick the Rat also. Yeah, so Nick the was, Rat's obviously very concerned about pulling a is, muscle or something. Yeah, he is. No, it's a really good question. Um, so I have seen people that tie with with a lot of quick quick release stuff, and like I mentioned, I, I don't really tie with knots. We just like my style uses a lot of frictions, so uh, you sort of tie the rope in a way that it uh, like follows a path that makes it sort of harder to unravel, but it's it's really supportive. Okay. Um, so you do like a lot of L frictions and X frictions, if you can picture what those are. Um, so some people do use knots. I don't like to use knots because 
A, it's not really great for the rope. And B, okay. it doesn't allow the rope to sort of, um, like if the the way the bottom is in the rope uh, changes or like so the way the pressure on the rope changes, it doesn't really adapt. There's sort of okay. like a, a sweet space or a sweet spot where it'll either adapt or not. And you sort of want to make sure you're, you're sort of in between there because you want it to change a little, but not so much it'll actually become uncomfortable or hurt the bottom. Um, all that said, yeah, some people do tie with quick release. I don't suggest it um, just because it can come undone when you're not <laughs> expecting it or it can tighten in ways that, that are uncomfortable. So uh, yeah, so the answer, to, the answer is yes, you could. If you're doing floor work, it's totally fine because you're not getting extra pressure on it Got in it. weird ways. You're not having the effect of gravity, um, but yeah. So are you tying all parts of the body? Are there parts of the body that you avoid because you're concerned or just uh, are typically not tied up? Uh, you can tie most parts. Uh, you just have to avoid, like I said, there's, there's nerve bundles you want to avoid. Okay. Um, so there's, there's one under, it's on the, I think the outside of the underarm. Um, okay. Just, just like just below the shoulder. There's, mm -hmm. there's a big bundle there. You want to avoid that one because that could create uh, what's called the wrist drop. So like your wrist actually, um, will lose its ability to flex upwards. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That sounds scary. <laughs> yeah, it is. Or you can lose, you can, you can lose feeling in your hands or your arms. So, okay. um, so you want to avoid okay. that area, if, especially if you're doing things like suspension, because that puts a lot of pressure on it. Um, and the thing too, there's a lot of communication there too. So if the bottom's starting to feel like tingly or losing sensation in their hand, like they tell you right away, you untie it right away. Interesting. Um, yeah. There's, there's a couple of other places on the legs. Those ones are a little, little bit less of a concern. Um, mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, so it's just really avoiding those spots, but everything else is pretty much fair game. I've seen some really interesting ties that are uh, like hand on face ties and stuff like that. So. Hand on face. Like you're yeah. tying my hand to my face. Yeah. Yeah. It's hilarious. Why I, am I, why do I want my hand tied to my face? I, I think it's, I have no idea, but some people really get off on it. I went to, uh, really? There was, yeah, there was, there was a rope festival in, uh, in Montreal and that was kind of like the thing. I can put I my hand on my face. Like, I'm sorry. I'm oh, just yeah, not getting, I'm not getting like what I, why, why I'm enjoying my hand tied to my face, but I, I, I think it's the discomfort and it's like and part of the, the submission, yeah. right? So you can't move it. It's kind of like, you know, when people, when people uh, like kind of smack you with your own hands, I think it's the same sort of deal. <laughs> You're not hitting yourself, Bishop. You're not hitting yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm, I'm, I yeah. dig. I dig. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I get it. Okay, so any any other uh, <laughs> things you want to bring up about rope bondage? Anything from your notes? Any uh, topics you wanted to? Yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Uh, well, one thing I actually kind of touched on is there's, uh -huh. there's actually like festivals around the country as well. Oh, so okay. That's a really? good spot for for people to like learn and actually to buy rope at a pretty good deal. Uh, usually a little bit cheaper because you're not paying for shipping. Okay. Uh, shipping's really really nasty for us Canadians. So. Got it. Um, that, that's one way to do it. Okay, so go to festivals to learn more, get involved. Absolutely, yeah. They have like, they usually have instructional stuff. Um, okay. Yeah, this is usually like on-site instruction. So it's like a two or three-day weekend, a lot of different topics, different styles and that sort of stuff. So definitely check those out. Um, cool. There's also, uh, so there was the, the one in Montreal is a bit of an expo. So it's it's a lot of like, um, a lot of riggers. They all just sort of apply. I think they send in a submission video, uh, just sort of like validate who they are and what they're capable of. And then uh -huh. it's just like an all-night, uh, all night expo. It's kind of an unofficial part of a event there called Louis Blanche, which is like sort of an art event and there's just live art around the city. Uh, so on that same night, uh, the local rope spaces there kind of get together and they put on that event. So that's kind of cool too. So they're demonstrating some of the rope bondage, but you're not having sex, right? 
No, no, definitely not. It's okay. uh, it's all PG. So it's sort of like the non-sexual element of the the rope bondage, I guess. Uh, I, I wouldn't mean, say that. I would, I would just say it remains fully clothed. Okay, it's, okay. So, so nobody's getting arrested. <laughs> no, no, of course. <laughs> okay. All right. Any any other tips or any other uh, the, bits of information you want to drop on your? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Rope bondage uh, experience. I'm trying to think. What else? What else would I want to let people know about it? Is it ever? Is it ever more than two people? Is it ever like a group? Uh, it definitely can actually. So yeah. so at that conference and or that that event at Montreal, there was actually two people tying pair of people like together oh. so that was kind of interesting yeah and they were kind of um they were kind of cooperating but they were also kind of not so it made the tie sort of uncomfortable and i think everybody sort of enjoyed that so is the not cooperating a thing it can be yeah absolutely um i, I think the, the point there was that they were they were each trying their own people and sometimes they would sort of consult each other but oh. um but but they were on the they were in the same space so like sometimes they were intentionally putting them in compromising positions interesting all right yeah yeah it's a lot of fun um yeah i, th I think i think the other i think the, the last thing i'll say about it is um kind of like what i said before definitely have fun and, and don't be afraid to go there i think uh some people are we're just a little scared because they're unsure and that sort of stuff if you're curious definitely check it out try it out um all the people that are super nice or at least all the people i've met have been super nice and um yeah i mean if you're worried about seeing somebody there that you know well they're there too so right <laughs> Don't be intimidated, people. If you want to, no, you want to get into it, get into it, right? Yeah, unless you suck, then don't. <laughs> right. Unless you're close-minded, and then then don't show up. Exactly. Open mind. All right. Cool. Cool. Well, do you want to move into our advice? Uh, we got an email asking us for advice. So do you want to? Let's do it. All right. All right. I'll read our advice uh, anonymously. Dear Smashcast. Right before lockdown, I activated an online dating profile. This kind of sounds like you, Bishop. <laughs> Found a delightful young lady. She's a little far afield, about 45 minutes away, just across the state border. We've been texting and calling since March, but for obvious reasons, we have been unable to arrange a date. We now know a fairly good amount about each other and obviously want to go out, but how do I handle it logistically? I'm in a red state, make America open again, and she has a blue governor who is very orange man bad. It seems odd to ask her to come to me, and yet my usual tactic of finding something close to her for the first outing is somewhat hampered by the lockdown. And of course, this is not like a normal first date. Uh, she hates the lockdown too and wants to go out. She also lives with her family, so there's that angle. Sincerely anonymous. Okay, all I could say is, dude, go for it. Like, <laughs> I knew I knew your 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 advice was gonna be. <laughs> of course. Well, I mean, okay. So here's the thing. Like, okay. she she she's, she's probably not gonna ask him to invite her over to his place. Like, that's just well, they're they're, happen, they're 45 right? minutes apart, and there are different states with different regulations. And uh, yeah, he right. doesn't want her to ask her over because he feels like that's inappropriate, probably for her. Well, state. yeah, but you know, she she's never gonna say she wants him to do that. But there's probably a good chance that she does. So I say you should at least give it a shot. So he should invite her over and just yeah. see if she, if yeah, she or, yeah they, they can they can do something that, I mean she's not to invite him over to his place like they can do something nearby okay, so um, what's the what's the coronavirus what's the covid first date? what's the first date in these these unprecedented times i mean it's actually <laughs> it's actually kind of great for guys because you can be super cheap and it's totally okay. you have like every excuse in the world um I would say do well, an activity i would say for for anything even non covid just do an activity but 
since that's sort of limited, I mean, you can do something fun, like just go for a walk on the waterfront or something else. Did it say where the person's from or? I'm not going to say. I know where they're from, but I'm not okay. going to say. But yeah, right, sure, they could, they could do that. Yeah, um, yeah there's they, all sorts of stuff that that person yes. might want to see. They're 45 minutes away, so maybe they haven't seen all the sort of like landmarks or walked in some of the parks or something like that. Like I find that you can learn a lot about a person just sort of talking with them and getting to know them. Uh, maybe stop somewhere for food. I'm not sure what's open in their area, but maybe stop yeah, that's for the thing. food or probably have to go to his area for, for, for the food. <laughs> That's what I mean. Yeah, no, but they, they should definitely, they should, they should leverage the fact that his area is more open for sure. A hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Right. And I don't know. That's, that's my take on it. I don't know. What, what do you think? I, I feel like I don't have any good suggestions, but I feel like this is a great opportunity for a super creative first date because you know, there's so many limitations and I feel like you could really uh, make an impact, but maybe I'm putting too much pressure on it. I mean, there's, there's, first dates don't have to be more spectacular because of a global pandemic either right yeah i would say even just the opposite you could probably get away with something a lot less spectacular and i and i i don't say that because i want to be cheap i say that because <laughs> if 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 you can pull it off being extremely cheap and the person's still into you then you know that they like you all right it's like if she's not running away because you know you're not doing anything special and you guys are having a great time then then she probably really likes you as opposed to, you know, somebody that might just be trying to get free dinner or something. That's true. There, there is not much of a, uh, 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 there's, there's not a lot of motivation to casually date now. Right. Seeing as how there's uh, not much to do casually. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing too is, I mean, I think now's a great time for guys because I think the, <laughs> the equations sort of flipped. Right. Um, I think a lot of women are home bored, lonely. Um, yeah, and I think they realize they you know they they want to have somebody around, and uh, so yeah, I think guys, I think the, the the tables have sort of turned, or maybe things have leveled up a little. I know that uh, I started dating somebody right after COVID happened, and she's amazing. So yeah. Administer the testicle clamp. I'm sorry, I don't know. I'm not sure how that got in there. <laughs> um. I mean, that was pretty funny. <laughs> right. So um. Okay. Yeah. I mean, hey, hey, dear, uh, fair caller, fair, fair, fair producer who wrote in the letter, um, go for it. That's our advice. That's usually my advice. Go for it. Go for it. This is the time to stand out. Just go for it. Yeah, exactly. What's it being exposed to one more person, right? <laughs> well, I mean, if they're a no agenda listener, they know this is kind of bullshit anyways so that's yeah. well that's true that's true and i, and I think he uh, i think he said that, that even the girl is kind of uh, over the lockdown so uh yeah well that's that, i think that's the other thing too actually not to not to reopen this topic but i mean if, if you meet somebody that uh sort of has her head on straight and realizes the lockdown isn't as big of a deal as it actually is not to say that there's no such thing as covid but you know it's not as serious as, as the media is making it out to be if you find that person like hold on to them they're probably pretty cool it's a sign of a shrinked amygdala, right? Exactly. And, you know, hit her in the mouth, too. Don't forget. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. All right. So we have a couple of um, listener uh, uh, producer feedback. So right. I'm going to <laughs> read you a couple questions and comments we got back from our last show. All right. So we got a letter from Moose. Um, who said that we glossed over three potential issues with teledildonics. <laughs> you remember the right. whole, yeah, the whole teledildonics. So what were these three issues? All right. Um, okay. If an internet, if an internet vibrator gets hacked and the hacker gives you an orgasm, is that rape? 
I'm not sure if the orgasm part makes a difference, but if your internet vibrator gets hacked, is that rape? That's a good question. I mean, how much responsibility would it be on the person that's using it? Right. Yeah, that's um, that's a, that's a dicey one. Okay, the second question is if someone other than your partner operates the controls, is that cheating? Ooh, that's a good one. Depends. Do you know? Ooh, you better believe that's a paddling. <laughs> that's a paddling. <laughs> it definitely could be. That's a paddling. Um, a remote paddle wouldn't be a bad idea. <laughs> that's true. So uh, I think if you, you know, coordinate with somebody else to control your uh, internet connected sex toy, I don't know. That's it's something. <laughs> okay. So, so, so in the vein of that question, because I was saying okay. it depends on if you know, right? So you're assuming right. that the, the person using it coordinated. What if like the, uh, the partner controlling it handed the controls to someone else is that like wife swapping or that's like um probably uh yeah that's like um non-consensual swinging <laughs> oh wow okay all right the third question <laughs> if bishop gets talked into a virtual tryout session with his female acquaintance who gives him an internet vibrating fleshlight for a good time. And it turns out to be a dude who catfished him. Did he just have gay sex? I don't think Bishop would have fallen for that. I mean, I just kind of prefer the real thing to be honest. <laughs> All right. Bishop would have never fallen for that moose. I would have never been that, that desperate man. Sorry. There you go. Okay. So and then some feedback from our friendly neighborhood bisexual from the last episode who said that, he was not into butt sex. So that, that, that message was from Progo and Progo says, um, what do two men do if they're not into butt sex? Bishop? I think that was my question. Yeah. Yeah. I, I asked that question. Bishop. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's another cleaner hole on the other end. You know what? That, that was so easy. I can't believe I missed it. But, so, there, um, so there's your answer. <laughs> there is your answer. I mean, it's, it's, it's a pretty simple answer and a good one. It's, Clear hole on the other end. All right. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I think we're going to do some karma on the next show. I think we're going to have finally have some smash cast karma. Uh, we have a lot of people to catch up on karma. Um, so we'll be doling it out like crazy. And, you know, we want to thank everybody for all of the emails that we've gotten to the show, all of the toots, all of the feedback. Somebody all, actually, of our, all of our listeners, too. I think you keep yes. sending me numbers, and I'm oh. just, my mind is blown that we have that many listeners. Yeah, yes. And all of our RSS subscribers, it's sort of amazing. All the countries where we're hearing from y'all, it's, it's, it's awesome. Um, all your messages, uh, never vulgar, always vulnerable messages um, have been fantastic. Um, so keep, keep the messages coming. Um, keep the, the calls for advice coming. It's, uh, it's always great to get your, your messages and your questions. We love it. Um, and like I said, next week we will officially have some smash cast karma and we'll catch up all of the awesome people who deserve karma. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and we hope you learn. <laughs> and I, I smashed my phone against the desk. Uh, and we hope you learn something about rope bondage. Yeah, absolutely. And if you guys are actually looking for some of that karma next week, um, please, please, please donate. It's, um, we have a strange model. It's not just value for value. It's value for value for value. So we want you guys donating to no agenda, uh, for our night in damehood. Uh, just let them know that it's for us and then let us know that you donated and we will give you karma here too. It's like a twofer. So yeah, you'll, you'll get some smashing karma and then you've got some no agenda karma. I mean, what, what more could you want? I mean, smashing, smashing karma is good. 
right? It is. I mean, if you're, if you're having trouble, then that's the way to do it. This is the place to ask for Smashing Karma for sure. For sure. For sure. And we don't have Jobs Karma. No Jobs <laughs> Karma, but definitely Smashing Karma. We don't have Jobs Karma, but uh, like, like, we, like we like to say here uh, at Smashcast. Until we hear the safe word, we will not stop. <laughs> right? That's, that's our policy right there. Yes, that is our policy. That is uh, Lucy Lawless from Eurotrip. If you saw Eurotrip and you saw the Vandersex scene, the Vandersex where they... Uh, I do remember that. That, yeah, that, that movie, that movie, that movie was phenomenal. <laughs> it's how I picture Europe. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not entirely wrong. I've been to parts of Europe and yeah. <laughs> yeah, but have you been to Bratislava? Did you, did you live like a king on five cents? <laughs> I did not. No, I thought Croatia was going to be like that. I was very sorely disappointed. I kind of felt the way about Prague back in 2000. I felt like I lived it up on $10, <laughs> but maybe not anymore. All right, Bishop. Well, uh, any, anything else? Uh, I think that's it for today. Um, I guess we'll have our new topic up soon for, yes. for the next podcast. Absolutely. And... We'll put up a poll. We'll get some feedback as usual. And we'll see what you guys want us to talk about. Yeah. If you guys are really quick, send us some options. I know that we have some, but if there's anything you guys want to hear about, uh, you can use our feedback mechanisms. I think DC Girl, you can go through that for us. So um, we have on our uh, smashcast.squarespace.com site, we have contact where you can message us at DC girl at proton mail or bishop.beaverbrook at gmail. You can toot us at smashcast at no agenda social. You can hit us up on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, any place you get podcasts, just search for smashcast with DC girl or smashcast with Bishop and it should come up. Yeah. And, and, and don't forget, we have all these listeners start leaving reviews, uh, getting yes. more listeners would be great. If you like yep. the podcast and you want to share it with people, yep. pop up on those platforms and hit that five-star button over and over and over. Log in <laughs> with different accounts. Love them. Do it. A- absolutely. T- totally. Uh, scam all the sites and, and review us. Vote, vote, vote often and vote early. <laughs> all right. Awesome. And remember, remember, Bishop. Until we hear the safe word, we will not stop. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Bye.